Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. We all know how wrestling works, and if you don't know, please turn off now because I don't want to ruin your innocence. But for those that do not know, because they're a little bit weird and they need catching up, basically a bunch of wrestlers turn up at a building, and then one man or woman comes out and says, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're going to win, and you're going to lose. I don't know how it started. It's not true. I actually do know. I'm just trying to set this up. Sometimes things happen within the ring, though, that are out of a promoter's control, where the people grappling are all like, man, we're going to have to change things up on the fly. And if that guy backstage doesn't like it, well, tough shit. It's also the reason these 10 wrestlers won matches they weren't supposed to. Why? Here's why. We begin at number 10 when The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, The Great One, defeated The Undertaker, even though he wasn't supposed to. A recent reveal, courtesy of the dead man, as he shared an ice bath with Hollywood superstar Kevin Hart, and I'm not making that up, it actually happened on YouTube. Undertaker was very kind to tell us, hey, when I was wrestling The Rock before he became a super duper megastar... I had to let him beat me because something went awry in the squared circle. And to use Taker's words, he said that things got screwed up. So he leaned into The Rock and he gave him a kiss. No, that didn't happen, but he did lean in. And he said to The Rookie, tonight is your night, kid. And he told him to beat him. And this was so devoid of actual reasoning. There's every chance this may be Mark Calloway just being an old school wrestler. But even still, he had to go to the back and answer to Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And apparently the relationship between Vince McMahon and The Undertaker was so strong, Undertaker just went, I had to do it, boss. And Vinnie Mac went, well, I trust you, man, anytime. That is the kind of relationship you do want to have with somebody who is at the top of the tree. And I do like to think this is true. Although, once again, Mr. Calloway, if you ever do tell another story like this, I really would appreciate some more details. Because really, it's probably going to be quite hard to track that match down. You'd have to go through hours and hours of footage, which is not the case when it comes to entry number nine. The Royal Rumble 2005. This has been written into wrestling lore. It's so amazing. And in case you don't know, Dave Batista was meant to win this Royal Rumble. However, when he went to throw John Cena over the top rope, both guys went tumbling and they hit the mat simultaneously to the point nerds like me and you went, oh, well, terrific. What an amazing finish. But no, this was a botch. And you could tell afterwards that something had gone wrong because the referees were all running around like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. It pissed off Vince McMahon so much, who was not involved in this storyline. All of a sudden, he made a beeline to the ring. He tried to get in the thing and tore both of his quads. And honestly, you couldn't make this up, which is crazy because all of wrestling is made up. Eventually, they restarted with Batista doing what he was meant to do. 
Can you imagine how enraged McMahon would have been behind the scenes? Especially because he was not going to be able to walk for a good few months. While this was an honest mistake, though, I don't think that's the case when it comes to number eight. Mostly because we have to turn our attentions to WCW in the year 2000. Going down at the sold out pay-per-view as Dean Malenko took on Billy Kidman, we also had this stupid catch-as-catch-can stipulation, which basically said nobody is allowed to ever leave the ring. And don't ask me why, I have flubbing no idea and no one ever told us. I would assume that World Championship Wrestling just wanted to do something like the Royal Rumble and this was the best thing that they could come up with. However, one minute into this, Dean Malenko just rolled to the outside which basically means he had lost because he had been disqualified. Now, there's no way this was the plan because one, again, no time at all had passed here, but also two, it made Dean Malenko look like an absolute idiot. And I can totally believe in 2000, Malenko would have gone, no, I'm not going to do that because it's stupid, but I suppose his wrestling instincts just kicked in. I mean, it was a silly idea to begin with, so I don't blame the man, as is the 24-7 title. And yes, I'm sorry, that is a terrible, terrible segue. The whole idea of that belt, though, was built off the hardcore championship, which existed during the Attitude Era. And that's what we're going to talk about here at number seven, when it all went bad at WrestleMania 2000. Because much like our truth with the 24-7 title, where it's permanently glued to him, that's what Crash Holly was doing back at the turn of the millennium. So he was told, hey, man, we're going to have a big hardcore match on WrestleMania, and you're going to win. We were still going to have a bunch of shenanigans throughout all of this, because basically every other single person in this bout one stage was going to become the hardcore champion but then before the time limit expired crash hollywood get it back and he basically escaped with the gold this also meant we could tie in the idea that hardcore holly was going to have his fake cousin beat but oh no the timer was going to hit zero before he could capitalize on this and you can already see where this is going to go they did not time this well at all and Hardcore Holly did actually become the Hardcore Jab. That wasn't that big of a deal because this whole division was treated like a joke. But still, this shouldn't be happening on WrestleMania. Give me strength. It's also a sign of the times at number six as we go back to NXT Brooklyn 2015. Because listen who the hell was on the pre-show. Emma versus Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair versus Dana Brooke. I mean, even then we knew who the future of the women's division was going to be. Which is why when Emma pinned Becky Lynch and won, everybody just kind of looked around and went, huh. I mean, she did hit her signature crossbody into the corner in order to pin Bex. But when the referee went one and the referee went two, we all stood there and went, well, someone's clearly going to break this up. But they didn't. The ref hit three and Emma was the winner. We found out later that Charlotte was meant to be the victor here. And I know what you're doing right now. Just laugh and move past it. And actually, what had gone down is that Becky Lynch basically forgot to kick out. As WWE officials are always told to treat every single bout like it's a shoot, though, the referee did just go one, two, three. And really, none of this actually matters because it did go down on the pre-show. But when you go back and watch it now and see Emma with her hand raised, once again, you just go, let's do it together. Huh. But as much more fun comes in at number five, and honestly, as soon as I've told you this, or as soon as we finish the video, go and watch it because everybody's facial reactions are an absolute treat. Happening way back on Raw in 2011, we were having a women's battle royal to see who was going to become the number one contender for the Divas Championship. Now, this was one of those storylines that WWE had telegraphed from miles away, so it was clear that Eve Torres was going to be the winner here. <laughs> and then Caitlyn accidentally threw her out. It also meant that K-Dog was the last person standing, and this is the moment you want to go and witness, because her face is like, oh no, 
what have I done? I'm gonna get in so much trouble. So you can just see the entire mistake etched onto her face, but really, how the hell does this not happen in Royal Rumbles or Battle Royals more? Do you know how difficult it is for someone to grab you and go hoip, and for you to try and grab onto a rope? Of course it's gonna go bad sometimes. That's what happened here. All it did mean is that WWE had Torres attack Caitlyn on a show later on so she could get back into the title picture. That's the other good thing about wrestling. You can do whatever the hell you want. It's not just modern wrestling that has fallen foul to this kind of thing too because we can go back all the way to the 1960s and even talk about people such as Dory Funk Jr. Now, given the period, this could just be old-time wrestlers being old-time wrestlers and trying to protect the business. But when the Funkster was taken on Gene Konitsky for the NWA World Heavyweight title, well, something did seem to go a little bit weird. Because back then, world title matches in the National Wrestling Alliance were always fought under two out of three falls. However, when these two guys clashed, it was a special one fall to a finish... And I think Konitsky may have forgot. Because when Dory did apply a toe submission hold, all of a sudden, Gene Konitsky was submitting. And everyone was like, but wait a minute, this is a world heavyweight champion. And all that's happening is his toes being pulled a bit. I don't really know why he would have given up. Konitsky himself has said, well, I didn't realize it wasn't two out of three falls because I was so used to it. But again, this could be full on kayfabe. But when you actually read up about it and you put this information in your head... It is truly, really fascinating. Moving on to number three, let's start talking about house shows. And I get it and you get it. It doesn't really matter if you do drop the ball on a house show, because if it didn't happen on TV, it didn't happen. But these are still professionals we're talking about. And I bet it doesn't make them feel like a good panda. So when we did have Mickey James taking on Melina, taking on Victoria, a 2007 house show, and Melina was the champion, if you were live in attendance, you probably put your hands in your pockets and went, well, of course Melina will walk away with the gold. It's a house show and nobody cares about about me. And sure, sometimes WWE does like to do a title change on these kind of events just to make people go, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. But there are mixed reports here. But I can tell you this, either Melina didn't kick out or Victoria didn't kick out. But Mickey James did cover one of them. And the ref went one, two, three. And then they all went, oh no, that wasn't me what happened. WWE did leave this for a little bit. But guess who the belt would go back onto before you could say, oh, I know the answer. That's right. It was Melina. They probably could have just ignored this, but you know social media, even back in 2007, everybody is sniffing around and everyone actually knows what's going on. And we shall stay with house shows for number two and go all the way back to 1995, when Intercontinental Champion Jeff Jarrett was fighting Razor Ramon in a series of ladder matches. Now, as we know, the use of ladder in professional wrestling is absolutely ridiculous because as soon as a wrestler starts to climb one, all of a sudden they slow down as if they're waiting for their opponent to catch up with them. I don't know about you, but I really do think that is the case. The natural point of this is to stop the other person grabbing the gold. But on this night, Razor Ramon got to the top of the ladder. He reached out to get the belt and he was like, wait, where's Jeff Jarrett? I'll give it a second. No, Jeff still isn't here. Wait a minute. Jarrett has completely missed his cue. So if I do not grab this championship, I am going to look like an absolute goof. So he just did it. To be fair, when you read about this, it's quite clear that Scott Hall did the right thing because he would have looked like an absolute goober. And much like before, it only took a couple of days or a couple of weeks and then Jeff Jarrett haha, was able to win the thing back. But still, as mentioned in the title, this was never meant to go down. A year prior to this, something similar happened as well. And if you're asking why I left this one to number one 
because it's one of the best stories I am ever going to tell you. But yes, 1994, another house show match. Men on a mission were challenging the Quebecers for their WWF tag team titles. And as you can tell from the names I just dropped there, the division really wasn't in the best place. But still, Jacques and Pierre were top of this tree before all of a sudden they weren't anymore. And why was this? Well, if we are to believe the murmurings, Mabel hit such a big splash on one of these two guys that they were not able to kick out because if you've ever seen Mabel, he is a giant man. So we were gonna take a step back and look at this situation. It basically means that Mabel is the greatest professional wrestler ever because he has so much girth, if he lands on you, you ain't gonna be able to get your shoulder up. I mean, how great is that? And it makes me so damn happy. And can you imagine what happened when they got back to the locker room? What are you doing, Mabel? Why did you do this? I just tried to pin the guy. And Jacques's like, oh, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. <laughs> Crushed my ribs. And also, where's my tag team championship? Too late, buddy. It ain't yours no more. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.